want to play a little game with you here or, or give you some scenarios. I, I used to enjoy when I was in college case studies, they would say, were called in psychology where we would get these case studies and they would say, you know, what, what are you finding out about this person and, and uh, what do you think about them? So I want to kind of have a little bit of fun with you. I'm going to give you three scenarios. And the question that I want to ask you to, to consider is, what would you do? What would you do in this situation? All right? First scenario is simply this. An individual comes up to you and asks you for help. What would you do? Well, I think most of us would say, well, that's pretty simple. I'd help. Some of you might be going, well, it kind of depends on. <laughs> well, let me add a little bit more to it. This individual that has come to ask for your help is the very person that has been going around talking about you badly behind your back, lying about you and getting people to think badly about you, and now they come to you and say that they need your help. What would you do? Hmm. I see... <laughs> I see some going, well, you're on your own. <laughs> Scenario number two then. Someone comes up to you and they say, I, I've got a favor. I, I'm, in, I'm hurting. I need, I need cash. I need money. Can I borrow money from you? Now some of us, even right there, we're going, <laughs> okay, now no, that's pretty tough. You're... But you've helped this person before. And they haven't returned the favor. Or they haven't even paid you back for the first time. What would you do? Mm. Scenario number three. Your friend comes to you and says, My car's broken down. Can I borrow your car for a few days until mine's out of the shop? You know, no problem. You lend it to your you lend it to your friend. He brings it back. You, you do your look. You know you walk around your car, or your truck, and you're going, okay, everything looks good, everything works, okay. You're feeling pretty good about this. And a couple of days later, you get some mail, and in the mail is a ticket because you ran a red light. Now you didn't run the red light, but your friend ran a red light. What would you do? <laughs> now some of you are going, well, that's a simple one. I would just go to them and tell them, here's your ticket, go ahead and pay it. Eh, you could do that. Daily we are faced with decisions of how we're going to treat one another. As a matter of fact, probably even in your mind, whether it was consciously or subconsciously, as you came to church today, you were even thinking about what could potentially happen. Will I run into that person today that annoys me? <laughs> Don't you? You're like, okay, how can I get away from having that conversation with that person, right? We, th we have these thoughts all the time. If I go this way or if I do this or if I do that, maybe I can avoid something. We are constantly deciding how we are going to react, interact, or treat those around us. In the beatitude that Jesus brings today in Matthew 5, 7, He simply says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. What does this look What is this? I mean, it's easy for us to show mercy to people who deserve it, right? Like I said, if someone comes up to us and they've returned the favor over and over again, are we going to show them mercy? Well, absolutely. But what about those people that don't deserve it? You see, oftentimes we read these Beatitudes and we're like, oh, that's not that hard. I show mercy to my family every day. Is that really who Jesus is talking about here? Is he bringing up this, it's all about these? Well, I think we need to answer a a few questions this morning. And those questions are simply, what is it? What What is mercy? What does it look like? And what are the results? What is it? What does it look like? What are the results? So we got to start at the place of asking the question of what is mercy? What, what is this thing that we, we talk about? We put it out there. I want to look at a, a passage in Scripture that is actually very common. You probably know it. John 3.16. Right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. There are three words that I want us to see in this passage because mercy is a part of this and and it's connected to other words that we kind of end up doing this with a lot of times. We use them almost interchangeably, but yet we shouldn't be. The first word in this we need to understand is the word compassion. For God so loved the world. Okay, what does that mean? God so loved the world, in essence, is saying that God had compassion on the world. He didn't like seeing what was going on in the world. God so loved the world. Compassion is when we hurt for those who are hurting. Do I hurt for those who are hurting? That's compassion. The second word that we see in there is the word grace. Grace is that showing kindness toward the undeserving, or actually when we look at it, grace is not getting what we deserve. Okay, not getting what we deserve. As a matter of fact, that's what it says in John 3.16. For though, even though those who believe should not perish. That is what we should receive. We should perish. But yet God's grace says, well, I won't do that. Then the third word in John 3.16 is mercy. Mercy is receiving what we don't deserve. Okay, Grace, not receiving what we do. Mercy, receiving what we don't. And we see that in John 3.16 where it says He gave His only Son. Why did He give His only Son? So that we could have eternal life. That's mercy right there, that He gave us something that we didn't deserve. So we see compassion... Compassion fuels grace and mercy. Those are all part of, a, of the same idea, but they're very different within each one. Compassion is that, that feeling of it's, it's the hurting for the hurt. Grace, not giving somebody what they do deserve. Mercy, giving them what they don't deserve, in a good sense. All right? and some of you go, oh, I'll give you what you don't deserve. No, but it's, it's in the good sense. So what is mercy? When we look at mercy, we can look to two parts of it. The first part of it is mercy is an attitude. It's an attitude. It's something that we, it's a decision that we need to make. I love the story in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 38. We're not going to have it up on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, feel free to turn there. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 38. This is the story, and it's actually in some of your Bibles, probably even called 
the parable of the unmerciful servant. The unmerciful servant. Now, this is an interesting story because you see an individual comes into the king, he's called into the king's presence, and the king says, you owe me an enormous sum of money. Now, when we look at this story, this basically it is, it is understood that the debt that this man owed the king, he could never fully repay. It would take his whole lifetime to repay it. And the king is calling into account the debt that this man owes. Now what happens? The, the man who he, he realizes that he's sunk, he can't do anything, all he can do is plead for mercy. All he can do is say, oh please king, give me what I don't deserve. Give me more time, be patient with me. And what we see here is an attitude of mercy with the king. Because the king had every right to say to that man, nope, You've had your chance, it's done, you're getting what you deserve, and you're going to prison. He had the attitude of mercy and said, I not only will give you an extension, but I'm going to go a step further. I am going to forgive your debt completely. You see the attitude. But here's where it's interesting, because the man was forgiven a, a huge debt, and if you were to be asked the question, somebody forgave you a huge debt, how do you think you would react after that? This is where the attitude of mercy shows. Because the man who was forgiven the debt, he walks out of the king's presence, he sees a friend of his who he loaned money to, and he says to his friend, friend, hey, you owe me $10, and I want that $10 time to pay up and the buddy goes oh man you know i'm so sorry i don't have it on me but if you give me a little bit of time i'll get your ten dollars you know no problem and what happens the man who was forgiven much the whole debt turns on his friend and says i have given you enough time off to debtor's prison you go he did not have an attitude of mercy Mercy starts in the place where we understand that by compassion, that God's, is God's love for us, that we receive what we don't deserve. And it's an attitude that reciprocates. I've got to be thinking about what this means. How do I show mercy? Mercy starts with attitude. But once it becomes the attitude, then it becomes an action. Mercy is an action. One cannot say, I have a heart of mercy. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I don't know if you've ever done the, uh, uh, the, the spiritual gifts inventory or assessment, but you go through and you answer a bunch of questions, and it comes out and it tells you exactly what you are. You know, here's, here's your spiritual gifts. One of the spiritual gifts in there is the gift of mercy. You know what? You can't have the gift of mercy if you're not doing anything with it. it mercy requires action based on compassion. This is another great story that we find in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 36. Again, we won't put it up there. We're not going to read it. You probably know the story, the story of the Good Samaritan. In the story of the Good Samaritan, what we see is a man, a, a Jewish man, was on the road. It was a very uh, difficult road, and he was, um, he was overtaken by robbers and thieves, and they, they mugged him, and they took everything from him. They beat him, and they left him for dead. Now, a lot of times what we do is we look at this and we wave our fingers at two out of the three of the, of the characters. 
We have a priest, we have a Levite, and we have a Samaritan. Now let me ask you this question. Who had compassion on the, Samar- on the, on the man who was injured? All three of them did. See, what we usually do is we say, no, only the one had compassion. But do we understand that all three of them had compassion? They felt, they hurt for the man. We even see the priest walks up and he sees the man. He has compassion on him. But the thing was, is the compassion didn't go to the heart. It didn't change and become the action. He still looked at him and he knew it was a brother, one of his own Jews, but his job was more important. He goes, ah, if I touch him, I know that I could be unclean. So he had to walk. He had compassion, but he didn't have mercy. The Levite comes along, and again, he saw it and he hurt for his brother, but he knew as well that if I touch him and he's dead, I cannot perform my duties as a Levite. Therefore, mercy did not move from compassion to action. Only in the Samaritan man who came and was actually the one person who didn't qualify to have compassion, had compassion. But in his compassion, it moved to mercy in action. He was the one who stopped. He was the one who bandaged his wounds. He was the one who put oil on it. He was the one who took him to the inn and told the innkeeper, watch for him and if I need to pay more, I will pay more. What happened? Compassion with all three, but mercy did not move from the attitude to the action. Mercy is giving someone something that they do not deserve, even when it's hard. That's what action is. That's what mercy is. So what does it look like? Well, we've kind of already talked about it, but I, I like to put this in a, in a few different ways that we can understand. Compa- or mercy takes on different forms. One of those forms is that mercy helps the hurting. There's a world of people that hurt around us. As we saw a moment ago in the story of the the Good Samaritan, mercy was helping the injured man by the Good Samaritan. He was down. He was hurting. But look at the words of Jesus in Matthew 25, verses 34 to 36. He says these words. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father... Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit. Now let me ask you a question. How many of those people do you think deserved what Jesus was saying was done? Because understand, it wasn't Jesus. There was a story that I read recently. It was called um, it was called Lunch with Jesus. And it goes that a woman had received a letter in the mail and it was a letter from Jesus and she opened it up and she read the letter and, and on the letter it says, I'm going to come to your house for lunch tomorrow, Jesus. Well, can you imagine if you got a letter like that? 
You'd be pretty excited, wouldn't you? Jesus is coming to lunch. All right. Well, she had to make everything perfect. So she got every meal, everything she could do. She used all of the things in her cupboard. She used everything. She had nothing. But she would put together an incredible lunch for Jesus. And she was ready for him to come. She was so excited. About a half hour before Jesus was to arrive, there was a knock on the door. And she walked and she opened the door and there standing in the doorway was a smelly, dirty, disheveled man. And he just simply said, I'm sorry, but do you have any food that I could have? I haven't eaten in days. Knowing that she had prepared a feast for Jesus and knowing that she had prepared more than enough for for her and for Jesus, she said to the man, you know what, come on, come on in and, and I'll, I'll give you something to eat. He comes in, he sits down and they're talking, he's eating and he ends up eating all of her food. And he walks out the door. And she looks at the, walk, at the clock and all of a sudden she realizes it's an hour past the time that Jesus said he would show up. And her heart drops. Not only did she not have the food for Jesus, but he didn't come. And the rest of that day, she was in a funk. She was not enjoying it. She was sad. She was depressed and everything. Next morning, she gets up and she walks out in her mail. There's another letter. And it looks like the first. And she opens it up and she reads, Thank you for the incredible lunch. The food was great. And the conversation was wonderful. Jesus. Do you see what he's saying? Mercy helps the hurting. Mercy gives to those that don't deserve it. Mercy is patience for those who struggle. You know, one of the things that we find in our culture of today is that we have a lack of patience for those who struggle. You should know better. There's a saying that I've commonly heard Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? What does that say? Have you ever really stopped to think about what that means? You know what? I'm going to let you fool me once, but after that, you're dead to me. (laughs) Or, Or we have like no patience for each other. Look at the words of Paul in Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But what yourselves, watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, notice the words there. If someone is caught in sin. Paul doesn't say, if somebody sins, restore them. He's saying the words caught. If a person is caught in sin, this person is living in continued sin and they keep going back to it and back to it and back to it. You've touched on it. You've discussed it. You've worked with this person about it. And they seem to not be able to get it. Do you get what Paul is saying? Continue to show mercy to those (laughs) who are really struggling to do what's right. He doesn't simply say, You know, to those that are doing it well and they sin one time, show them mercy. No, what we tend to do is we do this. You sin one time, okay, we can let it go. If you stop and you don't do it again, you're okay. 
But the second time you sin, you're out of here. You're no longer a part of us. Why do we do that? Because Jesus makes it clear. Mercy is showing compassion. It is giving to those what they don't deserve. Regardless of whether it's the first time or the hundredth time. Jesus even told Peter, you should forgive how many times? Unlimited. Just forgive. Which is the third one. Mercy is forgiving those who hurt. Now this isn't forgiving those who are hurting themselves. This is forgiving those who hurt others. And maybe they hurt you. Now this is where the worldly wisdom gets in. Worldly wisdom would say, if someone wrongs you, get even. Get revenge. It's amazing how many times I can hear people quote this scripture. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? You know, know, even God said, got to get even. But how much of Scripture do we miss where it talks about forgiveness? Look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verses 12 through 15. These are the words of Jesus. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. Do you realize that in the Lord's Prayer, He spends more time on forgiveness than any other aspect in the Lord's Prayer? That ought to tell us something. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. We, through mercy, are required to forgive others even when we feel they don't deserve to be forgiven. That is a tough place to go. That's a tough conversation to have. Because we find in ourselves that the the world, the flesh that we live in is one that is opposing to God's Word. And so we find that as these fight, we feel that we should not have to do this. But remember again, mercy is an attitude that turns to an action. And in that action, what we are doing is we are giving to someone something that they don't deserve. I am forgiving a debt that you owe. That's mercy. But now that brings us to the question of what's in it for me? (laughs) Isn't that kind of the way that we, we look at things? What's in it for me? What do I gain from this? What is the result of mercy? Jesus said, Blessed are those who are, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. What's in this for me? The truth is, we often look at things in this way. Is there going to be reciprocation? If I give mercy, will mercy be shown to me? And as a matter of fact, oftentimes people look at this passage, blessed are those who show mercy, for mercy will be shown to them, as in this way. Blessed are those who show mercy to others, because in time, others will show mercy back as a response. But that's not what this passage is talking about. As a matter of fact, if you look at the world in which we live today, that is countercultural. Because even the people that we know that we have forgiven, the debts that we have been forgi- that have been forgiven by others, tend to be the ones that even turn around like the unmerciful servant, and they do the unmerciful thing back in response. 
It is not a given that when I show mercy to this individual that they are in turn going to show it back. It is not our natural inclination. And what Jesus is saying here is not that way, but he says this is what it's about. If you show mercy to others, God will show mercy to them. Remember John 3.16? God so loved compassion that he gave mercy his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Grace. Romans 5.8 even says it in this way. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, we didn't deserve anything from him. Like we said a moment ago. Unworthy. Undeserving. And yet it was in the midst of that, he gave it all to us. Titus 3.5, Paul says, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Here's the simple truth. I'm not worthy of the gift of Jesus Christ. I'm not worthy of the sacrifice that He gave. If that were the case, God would look down on every single one of us and simply say this, You don't deserve my love. You don't love others the way that I want you to love them. You don't do the things I tell you I want you to do. You have loved the things of the world more than you have loved me. You have placed your job, your family, your hobbies, your desires ahead of mine. You don't deserve my mercy. Yet, in the midst of that, God in His compassion withheld from us that which we did deserve and gave to us what we did not deserve. And all He simply says is, Blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Not conditional except for one condition. Blessed are those who show mercy. James 2, 12 and 13 says, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy is an attitude that I have that turns into an action. It's a requirement That's what Jesus said. Blessed are the merciful, those who show mercy, for I will show them mercy. As we wrap this up, maybe the question is today, who do I need to show mercy to? Who is is that individual or who are the individuals that I struggle to show mercy to? How can I show mercy to the person who wounded me deeply? How can I show mercy to the one who betrayed my trust? How can I show mercy to the individual that I believe goes out of their way to make my life miserable? Because blessed are those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Would you consider today who needs to see mercy from you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise You and we thank You. We are unworthy, undeserving of what You have so richly blessed us with, and that is life. Lord, may we have the heart of the King who is willing to forgive an insurmountable debt. 
And Lord, forgive us for the times that we've been the unmerciful servant. And Lord, maybe today you have placed on our heart that name, that individual that we need to go and show mercy to. And Lord, help us to do it with the love and the compassion of Christ. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.